There is joy and there is weeping. There is celebration and there is lamentation. And friends, this is an accurate picture of what it looks like any time we face change or transition. Because change and transition always brings with it celebration and it brings with it lamentation. And what you do more of has to do with your expectation. Change brings celebration and it brings lamentation. And what you do more of has to do with your expectation. You see, if you expect everything to just return to normal, and it doesn't, it causes lamentation, sorrow, anger, disappointment, such as those who went that day. And there also exists for every one of us a, a temptation. You know, we have a temptation that we want to romanticize, we want to go back to the good old days. You know, to exactly the way we love. However, the teacher in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10 says, Say not, by the former days better than me, for it's not from wisdom that you ask. Not from wisdom that you ask. You know, we always need to be cautious about romanticizing the past, the good old days, that they were so much better than today. You see, we can't cling to the past, but the teacher of Ecclesiastes actually spent the entire book of Ecclesiastes teaching us it's all Hebele. The Hebrew word Hebele, vanity. It's like trying to grasp a vapor and it just slips through your fingers like a wick of smoke. And even more than that, church, if our best days are behind us, then we are in awfully bad shape. You know, I get annoyed, and I do a lot of weddings, and I get annoyed when the couple stands up to the reception and goes, I just want to thank everyone here for joining us on the greatest day of our lives. So this is the greatest, all downhill from here. Or we just celebrated graduation last week, and every graduation season, there's at least one graduate who during his or her speech says, remember me, fellow students, for these are the best days of our lives. Okay, those are the best days of your life, but you teach way too early. And there's nothing to look forward to from here, because it's all downhill. Friends, if our best days are behind us, then we have nothing to hope for, nothing to long for, nothing to live for. And truly, truly, what we were doing was that the absolute, unassailable best way to do things, the best way to have things, the best way to organize things. Could it maybe be that even our expectations of wanting to return to normal are in danger of us, in danger of commit something that might be even better? That's not the case, but it weren't great days in our past, I'm not mentioning any of the days of the people that have helped bring this church or any organization to where it is. We don't admit the glory of God and how He has moved. However, friends, was that truly the best we could do? Are our best days truly behind us? Or are our best days ahead of us? Could it be that sometimes our expectations even limit us? That we won't strike out and attempt great things or new things. We won't discover new and more effective ways. We might not become because we long to be what we were before. Could it be that our best days are yet ahead of us? Because if our reality expectations that everything will or should just go back to the way it always was, then we're going to be disappointed and angry at our reality. Like those who left before laying the foundation of something. Similarly, friends, it would be foolishness for us to expect that as we regather now, we're going to forget or disregard the past. Because the past is full of wisdom. 
It's full of lessons learned. It's full of the knowledge of past experience. It's full of accumulated practice and tradition, the wisdom of those who have gone before. We must remember the past, church. So we must live in the present, and we must always look to the future. And we must trust God to sovereignly unfold our lives and all of human history according to His plan and for His glory. So we should not worry about the future, nor should we humanly cling to the past. Will always bring with it lamentations and celebration. And what we really need in a time like this is room for both. I meet monthly with a man, Will Truesdale, who's the director of spiritual formation for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship here in New England. And he's a spiritual director. He helps people become more aware of God's presence and their actions in, in their lives. And as I said, he and I will meet it. And we were talking about the season of reality. In our last meeting, I was expressing my own frustration, my own anger, my own exhaustion, my own disappointment. And we'll look at the reality of the words of joy. Where's God at work in this season? And that stopped me in the track. Because I wasn't looking for joy. I was only looking at my vast expectations of reality. I was only looking at my disillusioned expectations of people's attitudes and behavior in this season. I was only looking at my frustrated expectations of the great things that I had hoped would emerge from our time of being scattered. And my expectations were preventing me from finding joy and seeing what God wanted me to see in me and in us in this season. And we invite me to consider a regular practice of lament, submit, and then keep joy. Lament that things are not as I expected, maybe not as you expected, and many things are not as they should be, and many things are not yet as they will be. And to lament that it is not yet or it will not be, and lament. Say, I'm sad about that. But then to submit. To submit my expectations, my plans, my desires, my trust to the Lord, believing that He is sovereign and, frankly, He knows it better than I do. His timing is better than my timing. His plans are better than my timing, so I need to submit my timing and my plans to His and trust that what He provides is what I and what we most need. And then to look for joy, to seek and to rejoice in how God is moving in this time. Because, church, He is. He's at work in your life, He's at work in our church family, He's at work in this community. God is at work and to look for and to rejoice in how He is moving and ask Him how He plans to move so that I and we can join Him to knock on the door of heaven in prayer until He answers. Friends, we must lament those unfulfilled, frustrated expectations that are not yet and will never be. We must submit our expectations and ourselves to the Lord and keep joy in what God is doing and joining in. Because the danger. The danger for me, the danger for you, the danger for us, is that our expectations can cause us to miss what God is doing. While some of the exiles were turning from Babylon and left at the land of the temple foundation because of their unfulfilled regathering expectations, eventually the temple of God was built and the expectations surrounding the temple eventually caused many people to miss God himself. 
You know, Jesus came and what did he do? He frustrated, he disrupted, he upset the expectations of men. He did it regularly. He did it in John chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, where he said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews then said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. Friends, our expectations can cause us to miss what God is doing. The temple of God, the building, caused many to miss the temple of God, the Son of God Himself. We can become so attached to our expectations of normal or the way it should be that we miss what God Himself is doing. Expectations are not bad, but they can be dangerous when we cling to them more than we cling to God. We need to lament those unfulfilled, frustrated expectations that are not yet or maybe will never be. We need to submit all of our expectations and ourselves to the Lord, and we need to seek joy in what God is doing. Enjoy the name. Because the gospel, the good news is that God has never been content to dwell in a building built by the in hand. Whether that was the temple built upon the return from exile, whether that was the temple of Herod, which stood in Jesus' day, or whether it's this building, which was only built in 1837. Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. God's presence amongst his people. He is the true temple where we meet God. And our worship of him and our fellowship with him is not dependent upon a building or a form or a ritual. Rather, Christ has become to us the temple of God. And he has left us his spirit amongst us so that we now, his people, might be the temple of God. The Apostle Paul wrote to Corinthians church in verse Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? The gospel, the good news, is that by faith we are now in the dwelling place of God. Our relationship with Him is not dependent upon place, building, form, or ritual. And the good news of the gospel is that God is now building us, His people, together by faith into a temple, a place of God's presence. Paul wrote to the Ephesians that the household of God is, in Ephesians 2.20, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. In him you, plural, are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Friends, in our regathering, we have many expectations, some realized and some not. Some here shouting, some here weeping. Some here celebrating, some here lamenting. But do not let your expectations cause you to miss what God is doing and what He wants to do and what He is building. His Spirit is building us into a temple. Do not let your attachment to expectations to a building, to a form, or to a ritual cause you to forget the gospel. May God by faith dwell not in building, but amongst His people. And more than that, church, God has missions for His people. And our mission is not to gather, but to scatter. Church, I'm glad we're coming back together, but let's remember that God's mission to His people is not to gather, it's to scatter. 
You might remember that Jesus commissioned to his church is go. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. We gather, we should gather, we must gather for encouragement and strengthening, but this right here is not our mission. This is a means to our mission. Our call is not to gather, our call is to scatter. And this gathering is only a means to that mission. Because if we gather, if we build a grand temple here that meets all of your expectations, but we fail to go and share the gospel with others, if we fail to proclaim the kingdom to our family and our friends and our co-workers and neighbors, then we have missed what God wants to do through our lives here in the coast of Maine. So church, as we come together with our regathering expectations, let us not cling to them. Let us cling to the Lord. Let us not hold to any regathering expectations so tightly that we miss what God is doing in us and what God wants to do through us. Friends, what unfulfilled or frustrated expectations that are not yet or may never will be, you need to lament and let go of today. What expectations must you submit? And how do you submit yourself to the Lord to see There are many more men, women, and children who are not yet here with us who normally would be. But even more than that, church, there are many men, women, and children out there in big complaint that do not know the name of Jesus Christ. They have not yet been regathered to Him. This regathering is not complete. And will we go? Are you ready and willing to scatter to them? Today, by the gathering to him. So, Father, thank you for this continued gathering of your people. The Father, we know it's not yet complete. And we pray. We pray for this gathering. We pray for your grace. We pray for your strength. We pray that you help us to lay aside our expectations, to lay aside our rights, to lay aside ourselves, that we might cling to you and be part of the joy of your mission that you're going to accomplish in us and through us. For your name's sake, and for your glory we pray. Amen.